Hi, I'm Bridget. I'm Monica. Welcome back to Mode Push, the F1 podcast. We did it. We got through the 2023 season. It was long. I feel like every race got like progressively longer for us as we welcomed children into the world. Mm. And then they found their voices and their mobility. So it took about double the length of time to watch the races at the end of the year versus the beginning. Literally took us, I think, five hours to watch the race. Yeah, which is hilarious (laughs) because there was not even like a safety car. It was a straightforward (laughs) race. So we're going to do a rapid fire wrap up episode on the 2023 season and talk through some of the best moments of this race and the season generally and talk through where everyone shook out, which is basically, you know, Max on top, but actually it was a nail biter for the EBN race at the end. So yeah, Monica, what happened in Abu Dhabi? I mean, obviously there was a lot still left at stake. You know, P4 was a real fight. Leclerc, Alonso, Norris, and Sainz were all going after that. But P2 and the constructors between Ferrari and Mercedes, which was literally a nail biter down to the end. Leclerc was playing this interesting game against Russell and, and Mercedes. Hamilton and Sainz, it was unclear if they were going to be part of it or not. God knows what was happening in the back over there. Checo came from behind to have a pretty incredible race. And I don't know, it was just like a whole shakeup across the field with no safety cars, just a straight run through. Yeah, I actually thought it was kind of an interesting race. and boring middle, but at the end when the drivers were all like going for it and figuring out like, where do I need to finish for myself and or the constructor in the standings, because to your point, P4, so Max and Checo locked one and two. Hamilton actually locked P3, which is kind of remarkable. We should circle back to that because I feel like he had a nothing, kind of a nothing season. But P4 was like this super intense battle that Sainz sort of lost in quali because he couldn't get out of Q3. But you had Alonso, Leclerc, and Norris all doing battle like through the entire race. Really. And ultimately, Leclerc, I think, had a great race, even at the end when he was trying to be strategic and help Checo beat George to help Ferrari come second in the constructors, which was too little too late because Ferrari's strategists didn't help him with the strategy. In fact, they were actually just telling Carlos that the strategy was to hope for a safety car. (laughs) So, I mean, the season ended with obviously Red Bull. And then you had Mercedes actually clenching it because George got his second podium. So now he's actually tied for Oscar in number of podiums for the year. But good on George. Yeah. And I think the spiciest radio of the of the race was George. Like hard F-bomb. About how he needed to know where Lewis was. He needed to know where they're at in the constructor. I couldn't tell if that was like George being a team guy or George being a diva, but it was a lot. That's a lot. I feel like Russell has really gone through like an evolution this season. Mm-hmm. I actually feel that next year could be the year of George Russell because I feel like the fire was lit and he actually had to go through some like pretty strong adversity, which, you know, you can make the argument he went through adversity at Williams, but like it was expected versus, you know, Mr. Consistency fell way down the rankings this year. So our final standings after this race, I think that was definitely my radio of the race was Russell just being like, I don't give it. What Lewis is doing personally, I was, you know, I was like, oh my God. So we had Verstappen and Checo, one, two. I'm actually super happy for Checo. Hamilton, three, which is, again, so interesting because it was unremarkable. And then Alonzo Leclerc tied, which is so fascinating. Norris finished one point behind them in six. 
signs seventh by five points because he had such a terrible race. And then Russell was back 25 points off of them. And then shout out to Piastri, who as a rookie came ninth in the in the drivers and Stroll round out the top 10 because he's driving basically a green red bull half the time. I think what was interesting to note about the season and Mercedes like not non-dominant dominance uh, or like being sort of second after Red Bull is that had you could make the argument that teams that placed third and fourth, which were Ferrari, not so sorry, fourth and fifth, McLaren and Aston were only good for half a season each. If they were combined, it would have been a blowout. And that is part of how it felt like it felt like the fact that Mercedes and Ferrari were in battle for second was almost kind of random because they never were actually the peak of who Red Bull was fighting in multiple races. In the beginning, it was all about Red Bull Aston, and then the backup was all about Red Bull McLaren. And I feel like Mercedes and Ferrari were just consistently chipping away, which is positive, I think. I mean, in many ways, it's actually really surprising that Ferrari was able to do that because I feel like that's a strategy play usually. But I don't know. It it also reminds you, I think, the Nepo discount that Aston paid for having such a great car at the beginning but not having great drivers in both cars. Yeah, so fascinating, actually. Like, if you look at the breakdown, Red Bull dominated 860 points, more than 2x Mercedes. Mercedes-Ferrari finished 406-409, so that was really the battle to watch in this race. And then you had McLaren and Aston, again, that were that were hamstrung. Like, McLaren didn't bring any upgrades and had a undrivable car through, like, summer break, effectively. I don't think they scored their first points until, like, maybe going into summer break or just after half a season. And they still managed to get nine podiums, which is the same as Ferrari and one less, actually, one more, actually, than Mercedes. So, again, the math of if you actually had that car in a good position year-round, where would they be? And then Aston, to your point finishing fifth 280 so 20 points behind mclaren also had eight podiums same number of podiums as merck but only good in the front part and the back part of the season because they had those upgrade not upgrade downgrade (laughs) that they like took off the car as the first sort of hurdle they faced plus your plus stroll like they had the stroll discount the stroll handicap I mean, I think the fact that they all had the same amount of podiums is actually so telling. Because if you had just had Stroll in the second car, I think you could easily have gotten that 130-point delta. I think I'm excited about what what it means for next year. Obviously, Red Bull is probably going to run away with it. Because as you pointed out during the race, it's actually not like Max the MVP. It's Adrian Newey the MVP. But I feel like the momentum is really with McLaren. Mm -hmm. And they have two great young drivers. And to me, Ferrari's a wild card because it's all it, they're all like self-inflicted wounds. Mercedes feels like they maybe have some momentum, but they still have those team challenges that we keep talking about. Like Lewis just seemed like a shell of himself. And George, again, with the weird hard F, so weird. And then Aston, like, is Stroll, like, what's going to happen with that? They actually, there was an article that came out that they're going to extend most likely Fernando's contract. He only has one year left. But they're saying he's in fighting shape, which I completely agree with. So he's probably going to be our oldest driver on the grid for a while. But I think next year is where the rubbers can meet the road for a lot of these teams. To close the loop on Abu Dhabi, do you have a driver of the day? I mean, got to give it to Yuki. The man was riding. I mean, at one point he was leading the race. And then he made the one-stopper work. He was 
fifth for most of it. He was driving for Fran. Oh, so sweet. Really proud of him. He helped Lewis at one point. No, he did a really good job. Just, I mean, amazing. He's, what about you? I also think he was fighting for his seat. Because True. Liam Lawson did not come last in the in the driver's standing. <laughs> they beat out a whole season of Logan Sargent. <laughs> so wild. So wild. My driver, I would say, is Yuki and or... I actually thought Charles had a great race. And I think this dovetails into my moment of the race, mm-hmm. which is Leclerc was from the gates, like trying to pass Max, going all out. I think Charles is in his like, don't give an F phase or coming into that, which I'm actually like really here for. I think he needs to sort of like have a little more of that Max, mm-hmm. like rough, rough. I don't know what it is. But he came, he came after Max. He, like, held solidly onto P2. And then he played strategy at the end, trying to back check or back George up to make sure Checo sort of helped Ferrari win by having Mercedes lose. Too little, too late. The strategist probably should have called that a couple laps earlier, and they probably would have been successful. But my driver of the day and my moment of the day are Charles Leclerc trying to play strategist while driving, you know, 200 km an hour whatever it is around a track where with like limited visibility like in the middle of the night in Saudi Arabia I agree I feel like he I feel like he's coming into his own and it's interesting if he adopts this more strategy forward mindset which I feel like signs already has like could Ferrari win just by the drivers calling their own strategy more. <laughs> I mean that's like classic Schumacher stuff with Ferrari I mean he ran that team like it and even like Raikkonen like anyway we could talk Ferrari for hours okay other the only other thing from this race that I think really like showed or reared its head was the uh, Ocon Gasly angst I would say like anger from Gasly about being undercut and then they tried to give him some flimsy second undercut but like Ocon is clearly the team favorite. I don't think they can go on with both drivers. I don't see another season like this. They need to get this resolved. Like, like, who stays, who goes? I mean, again, like, going a couple episodes back, I think Gasly stays if I'm running the team. But, like, it sure feels like they favor Esteban. Yeah. It it really ended up. Agreed. And I think he knows that. I think he knows he's fighting for it. Like, Gasly feels so angry because he knows he's fighting for a seat, basically. It's just really interesting because I do feel like that team has the most potential to, like, be a completely different team this time next year. But I don't foresee, like, major changes if they keep the driver's lineup, if that makes sense. I agree. I agree. So it was, like, it was, like, ugly. He was angry. That was, like, an angry Frenchman. I mean, it was just clear there's nothing. There's no trust there. And there's no, like, benefit of the doubt anymore. He's pissed about it. And I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll come to what we think is going to happen in in the off season, which we have predicted to be quite silly. But I think it's going to lead the way. All right. So wrap up the season. Driver of the season. Do you have one? So obviously, Max deserves a shout out. He broke so many records. Yes. And it was incredible to watch. And you see the delta between him and Checo. And a lot of it is him as a driver. But my sec, my other driver would be Piastri. I mean, the man. I know we call this a little bit. pressurized anymore. He's, He's become a diamond. He has. He was driving so many tracks for the first time. You look at the only other rookie on the field who scored literally one point, <laughs> and he held his own. Uh, no, the other rookie that started the season was DeVries. Who's he, no longer here. Who had less tweets. Yeah, like, I mean, he, I just think he's showing crazy trajectory and driver of the season, and I think probably one of the most exciting stories for him. 
often. I completely agree with that. I think props to Max because props where props are due. And then I would say I completely agree on Piastri. And I would say I actually think Charles, this is a defining season for him in a way that like, I think he's going to come out the other side stronger. And I think he's proven without a shadow of a doubt that he is the fastest person on that track in one for one lap because he got pulled so many times in a far inferior car that like the he's the fastest man on track i think and so i would give a shout out to charles leclerc i also have to give a little shout out to signs because thank god he won one race otherwise he oh just had god. the full red bull sweep and i don't think i could have handled that i guess this is where ferrari did have some moment <laughs> what was the storyline of the season for me i think you know aside from what was happening with max the whole storyline was kind of what was happening behind. Was Checo in the fight for the championship? Answer, no, never. Then he fell so far out of grace. It was like, can he even hold on to his seat? Did they punish him? And I, think they, I think they definitely developed the car very far away from him. And very... Oh, so punitive. I, I agree. And then also, I think he felt all the pressure because the other part of the storyline is obviously the ascendancy of Danny Rick, who was always waiting in the background as the third driver. Oh, my God. Now, obviously, sitting in Debris' seat, different Breeze's seat at Alptauri. Like, I just think that's the story of this season. It's the story of Red Bull. Like, they're at their peak, but they're also, you can see the cracks that will probably be their demise. And I think it's going to be, like, one of the biggest things going into next season. I mean, I agree. The the Hunger Games that is Red Bull, and they've already announced the new name for Alptauri, or they've hinted at the new name for Alptauri, which is the Racing Bulls. Yeah, yeah, they trademarked it and everyone's like whispering it's going to be the rebrand for next year because they're trying to have like another competitive car, which as they should, they should literally just take this year's Red Bull and like give it to the Alptower team or the Racing Bulls team. But then they can't defer to Red Bull. Like, I just feel like they need to decouple. It's so weird that four cars are, you know, always basically rooting for Max. It's so <laughs> weird. I agree with you. I think the return of Ricardo was massive. DeVries, I forgot he existed for a second. I You also have to remember that Checo... Okay, let's break this down. Let's, like, talk numbers. Checo lost to, by almost 300 points first place against Max. But you have to remember, there was a time at the front half of this season where they were a point apart. So, like, I think that Checo got, like, tortured or something. Like, they... I don't know what that was, but it, I completely agree with you. It's the Max for Sap and Show. Even in this race, when he was, like... Oh, you can check. You can let Checo pit before me on the radio. That was so bizarre. It was like that you're like season ending gift to poor Checo. Like the whole thing is I actually would like to see Checo in a car that's more sort of like suited to him. Not that I think he's like the greatest driver on the track, but we just he's been like, like humiliated a little bit this season. And I agree with you. I think there's going to be remnants of it going into next year or they're just going to like cut off his head and put Danny Rick in the seat anyway. Dark. Well, I, I vote for. I think dark, we're going dark storyline. Best race of the season. There were surprisingly, I feel like a bunch at the end. Like yeah. Singapore, obviously, with the sign surprise win. Thank God. I mean, and then you had kind of that photo finish last weekend in Vegas. Yeah, which was wild. You had the same thing. That was the Alonso photo finish the week before. The week before, yeah. Like I feel like we've actually in the back part we've had four racy cars. But I mean. I mean, I think the return of McLaren five. and the return of the Aston yeah. in terms of like undoing the, the upgrade was the thing that sort of added the shot in the arm back into this season. Yeah. Because otherwise you had a, a subpar Mercedes 
a hot mess Ferrari and then like, you McLaren know, was nowhere, nowhere. <laughs> so I completely agree with Singapore. And then I do think the drag races to the end and the last couple of races have been phenomenal. I don't know. I feel like thank God science won one. That's all I have to say. Like, can you imagine? God, I just couldn't handle it if only Red Bull won for a whole season. Okay, let's talk mode push. What did we get right? I mean, I don't want to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I feel like, and I'll say, I think you were up early to this. I think the Piastri call out was spot on because the man went from, I mean, initially you just had a nothing car to that. Yeah. And so we were seeing nothing from him. And then you had him get his first win before Norris. I mean, I know it was a sprint, but like, I think that sits in Norris's crop. I 100%. And I feel like Norris kicked it up to an even higher gear after that win because he was like asleep at the wheel and got had another teammate win before him, even though he's the like golden child of that team. So yeah, I completely agree. I think we were early and right with Piastri. I'm so excited to see what he can do in the future. I think we also called the tension at Mercedes. I feel like we call tension across the board. And that is in some ways the other story of the season is just team tension. Like we called it at Mercedes. You've now seen, well, one, you've seen um, Lewis and Russell contact. You've seen them both be super sniffy on the radio with each other and for interviews. But you see the same thing down at Alpine. You see the same thing. Obviously, we already talked about Red Bull. Like, even at Ferrari, we did. Remember, we were like, they couldn't figure out who was the first driver. And you had some signs gets paid literally a third of what Leclerc does, but then is the only other car to win a race. Like, I feel like they need to all go to therapy in the off season. They need to go do some like sound baths. And so I, <laughs> you know, I kind of got that right. I have a question for you. What the F is Haas going to do? I don't, I mean, I'm thinking still about what we were talking about the other day. Like, I think they need to exit. That team needs to go somewhere else. I mean, Magnuson finished three points. And to be clear, Holton Pogmert at nine points. It's just, it's embarrassing. I don't know. And they have a car that can qual, but can't do anything. Williams outshine them. I mean, Albon, I think, was a sneaky star of the season as well. It's hard to talk mm-hmm. about him because the car is has such a long way to go. But when they were on a track that suited his, that car and like the way he, he was the only time in history, I think, to sweep his teammate in terms of qualifying and race results. Like, I don't think that's ever happened before. He beat Sergeant every time. So I would love to see Albon in another car and or in a Williams that can get it right. And then like, yeah, Sergeant. It's, I don't even, I don't have anything to say. I don't know what happens from here. I mean, I was thinking about, it's so hard to get a seat in F1. You know, all these F2 champions, like, there's nowhere to go. And at the same time, do we owe them a second season because it's so hard to ad- to be in F1? And is that what Williams is thinking? Like, we owe Sargent a second season? I don't think so because I don't think he's showing, like, any real progress. Like, I don't see it. I don't, like, he failed to qualify. I mean, with the toe and everything, it just, it's so hard. It's so crazy. Anything we didn't see coming this season? What surprised you the most? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, I will say, I think both the amount of progress that Aston was able to make and then McLaren, it, it actually, to, your, to this last question, gives me hope that if you got the right resources behind a team like us, you could see a turnaround really quickly. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought that was pretty wild. What else? I don't think I saw coming that a team like Aston with, to your point, the resources would go so backwards through the season. I think that is what really sort of like shocked 
me and shocked Fernando because if you recall that, that Barcelona was like the last podium he wouldn't be on for the season and then lo and behold I think he was maybe on more so like I think that was like shockingly bad and I'm like wondering if with the whole sell-off of a piece of the business they maybe took their foot off the ass on like the car development and they tried or or they were just gave up on 23 and we're trying to figure out like figure out that for 24 but like it was bad like that was a like a superior team that just fell off a cliff like so so quickly so i don't think i saw that coming and then i don't think i saw the debris exit i don't think i i'd expect something so ruthless so quickly (laughs) i agree it was so ruthless and then yeah i mean what do you think for the offseason and next year like who are we most excited about? What do you think? What's your wildest prediction for the offseason and or next year? Offseason? I mean, I think, I don't know if this is wild, but I think Alpine gets a full overhaul with new investors. So, like, we're talking, I think Bonotto is going to come in. I think they're folding it because they want to fire one of their drivers and make a bunch of other changes. And so, like, package them all together instead of pinning it all on whoever the new principal will be. Mm-hmm. And make think- him look like the hero. That's smart. Which interestingly would potentially open up a seat, if I'm correct. And who would be in that? I don't know. That could create some shakeup. Maybe like a Checo goes mm-hmm. to Alpine, but Checo and Ocon have never worked as teammates. That's true. That's true. That's a really interesting thought. I would actually re- be really sad for Gasly if he got the chop. I would feel less sad for Esteban, weirdly, because I feel like he would maybe find another seat. But I don't know if Gasly has another seat. I don't think he does. He barely got the seat. Mm-hmm. So, ben- you know, so you're saying Bonotto returns, which I agree with. Do we think Otmar comes back? Let's see where he's going, unless he's like part of some kind of like revamp of the he boomerang back to Stroll. I doubt it, right? I feel like they wouldn't want him. I mean, I'm like, could he be somehow an Alpha Towery or something? Oh, I mean, Franz Toast is retiring. Yeah. So, like, who's going to take that spot? That's like the only thing I can think of. Or is Bonotto going there? That would be crazy. Crazy. That would be crazy. Okay, so the Alpine shakeup is the biggest thing coming. I think something else is going to happen, and I'm not sure what. I don't know if it's the they're going to put Checo out to pasture at Red Bull. I don't know if it's signs moving on, like something happening with the lower teams. Like, I mean, Alpha was such a nothing all season long. Like, we didn't even say, I don't think we said Botas or Joe's name, like, but three times this season because there was really nothing to talk about. And and Haas, like, what is going to happen to Haas? Like, it's, I feel like something needs to happen there. I'd love to see Andretti news in the offseason. I'd love to see, like, a sign that the whole thing is going to get shaken. It wouldn't be for next season, obviously, but it would be a sign that this is all getting shaken out more. Mm. Maybe Hulkenberg goes back to Alpine. That would be interesting. Oh, man. 2023, I feel like, Props to Max. So he won the most races ever. He was the most dominant. I think he also hit like a pole. Like he reached a new height in terms of pole and most wins. I think he surpassed a bunch of people. Most in a row. Yeah. Like that was like 100% his season. But if you had to remove Max and point standing aside, who is your driver of the season? It's so weird because there's been such different like peaks in my mind you know it was like Alonzo and then it was Hamilton and then it was Norris and then it was Leclerc and like who does it net to 
You know, I feel like Hamilton kind of has like faded into the background. Alonzo, same thing. It's a recency bias, but I want to give it to like a Norris or a Leclerc. Interesting. I would give it to Alonzo. Mm. I still just think he like, whatever they did to mess up that car, like <laughs> before they did that, he was uh, second, like every race, second or third. It was like, there was a period where it was like Red Bull, Red Bull, Alonzo. Red, it was like, oh, or we made the joke like early on about three Red Bulls on the podium or whatever, because they stole their setup. Like I am, um, it is recency bias and it is like a reminder of how long the season is, my God. But I just thought he really came out of nowhere this year and like proved that you can still be in your 40 and 40 is the new 25 hope for us <laughs> girl can dream um, well i think that's a wrap that's a wrap it was a crazy season we had a lot of fun thanks for listening to all of the sticking with us through babies and a lot of other things and our, con- <laughs> our conspiracy theories our love to hate on max verstappen oh my god i, I want to have definitely a bunch of like what are people doing in the break episodes because i feel definitely like do that it'll be fascinating we'll do some other fun content do some deep dives if you have any requests yes yes i feel like we need to do a deep dive on someone like i mean we still haven't done our album deep dive but like i do feel like or maybe like we circle back on like a botas like do we think botas is going to be here in the world of f1 after his contract's up next year I, I feel like he's mentally moved on. It's just like crazy to. I mean, I'm certainly buying his calendar for. Oh my god! Someone. <laughs> what a great gift, guys! I, I, I honestly need someone to buy it for. <laughs> I, Toto, if you're listening, I really do feel like Valtteri needs to go back to Mercedes to support. He should be like a mascot for you guys. Or you use it. Put him in the car. A third driver. A third driver. I don't a know who's driver on honestly, but. Russell. It's going to drop more F-bombs. All right. Well, happy 2023. We hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving and enjoyed the holiday and enjoyed their season. And now I'm just rambling. But 2024, I think it's going to be a spicy season because I do feel like a lot of contracts are up. They're almost all up. And I feel like we have principal silly season before then. We're going to have drivers that are fighting for their seat. It's going to be, I think it's going to be crazy. Do we think any rookies are going to come? It's all going to be based on this oh um, like if something opens up in the off season because logan i think is getting that seat stay tuned we will be back periodically with our deep dives and if any big news drops you know we will be the first to report so or maybe the second but depends on if our children are behaving thanks y'all thanks guys bye bye